You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hey, everybody. Welcome into another Blue Jays podcast. Tim McMaster here along with our MLB.com Blue Jays reporter, Gregor Chisholm. And, Gregor, we're going to kind of get people ready for Dunedin if they're planning to head on down to Florida for some spring training and the great facility that the Blue Jays have down there. So we'll get your insider tips on, on what to do in and around Dunedin and the ballpark. Um, David Arzma joins the front office. I want to get to that, too. But first, for anybody who is just kind of getting back to baseball now that the Super Bowl is over and uh, the football fans out there, um, it's been a slow offseason, obviously, around Major League Baseball. But when you look at the Blue Jays, for the most part, they've kind of checked the boxes they needed to up to this point. Yeah, they've really focused on depth more than anything else this offseason, and that's clearly a byproduct of what they went through in 2017 with you know, the long-term injuries to guy like, guys like Troy Tulowitzki and, and Devin Travis, and, and certainly Jose Batista had his issues in the outfield last year. And so uh, really what this offseason has been about is, is committing to that current core. There hasn't been a whole lot of changes there, and instead they've, they've had complementary players like Curtis Granderson and Randall Gritchick in the outfield, and they hope that they're going to get a little bit more power from those spots. And uh, then the other thing that they've done is, is really focused on the infield depth because of those aforementioned injuries. And you've got guys like Yanjevis Solerte and Alendis Diaz now in the fold. So that if the Jays do encounter some of those problems again that they experienced last year, that they're going to be in a better position to uh, handle them this year. Now the question is whether or not uh, there's enough upside, especially with that offense, to, to hang with uh, you know, the, the, the powerhouses of the division like Boston and New York. David Ardsma is a guy that, that enjoyed a long uh, career in Major League Baseball as a reliever, bounced around to a lot of different teams. Um, last pitch, I think, in 2016. He is officially retired, and he has joined the Blue Jays' front office. What exactly will Ardsma's role be with Toronto? Yeah, he's going to join that player development staff. He's going to work under Gil Kim, who really oversees everything that the Blue Jays do in the minor leagues. And so, uh, you know, in some ways, it's almost a similar career path to, to the one that John Farrell took uh, earlier in his career uh, with the Indians before he uh, went to the Red Sox and later the Blue Jays. And, and Ardsma really seems to have an appetite for that development side of it and, and really helping some of the up-and-coming prospects and, and just you know determining timetables of when guys are ready, what guys need to do to add to their repertoire to, to be ready for that next level. And, uh, you know, he's one of those guys, I think he's, he's a favorite of, of almost any journalist that's ever come across him. He's a great talker. He's a great guy in the clubhouse. He's been known uh, to be that way throughout his big league career. And, uh, you know, it's a natural next step for him to join that uh, development staff. And, and really uh, a Blue Jays front office that has gone undergone a lot of changes over the last couple of years and, and, and really is an opportunity for Ardsma to, to kind of step into that organization and because of that turnover in the last couple of years to, to really seize an important role. Obviously, you don't think of Ardsma as a Blue Jay. You think of him as, as other teams. But the, the connection, obviously, is he spent some time in Cleveland and there's the front office uh, that came over from Cleveland, right? That's the connection and why this is happening? Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. And yeah. he also did spend a – it was a brief time. People brief don't time. really remember, but he uh, 
2016, he did uh, report to camp with the Blue Jays. He signed a minor league deal, and so he's been in, in spring training with the Blue Jays already. He's, so he's familiar with a lot of the players, and certainly there is that connection to, to Cleveland as well. Uh, so it was really something I think that you know he touched on this earlier this week. It was really something that that came together rather quickly, but it was always a it was always a long term goal of his for post playing career to to find something on that player development side. And, uh, you know, he referred to it as, as a dream opportunity and, and one that he now has with the Blue Jays. All right, pitchers and catchers getting set to report in about a week. You will be making the way down your way down to Florida as well and Dunedin. Um, Dunedin's an interesting stadium, I think, when you think about some of the ballparks in Florida and the Grapefruit League. It, it feels to me like it's in it's just in like a quiet neighborhood. It's kind of neat. It's one of the smaller facilities as well, although it's going to be expanded, right? 5,500 seats, but a big renovation on the way for Dunedin Stadium. Yeah, exactly, and that should be within the next couple of years. The lease is about to expire at the end of this year, and the Jays have been in you know, pretty lengthy uh, negotiations with you know the the Dunedin region and, and also the state of Florida to find something long term. But you know, to me, it's it's definitely a different feel compared to a lot of the other uh, minor league or the other uh, spring training facilities compared to some of the other organizations. It's almost like taking a walk back in time, really. I mean, to me, this is what spring training would really have been like. Uh, you know, in the 80s and 90s, a little bit less of a corporate feel to it. It's a small, intimate environment. And, and to me, in a lot of ways, that's what spring training is all about. So the facilities are a little bit dated. There's no question about that. That's why they're, they're looking to do uh, some pretty serious renovations down there. Uh, but in terms of fans, it's actually a really great environment down there because the ballpark is small. You're going to get great sight lines no matter where you go. Uh, and there's a lot of different cool spots in the, in the area where you can get, uh, you know, interactive with, with some of the players. It's a little bit different than some of the bigger complexes that are being built throughout the league. It really is kind of a throwback in a lot of ways. 1977 was when the Blue Jays originally started going down to Dunedin. And I will admit that before I actually went down to Florida for the first time to cover Grapefruit League, I used to think it was Dunedin. So uh, guilty as charged for the fans <laughs> down there. But uh, 25 years, and you think about a lot of teams that have bounced around from one place to another. And, and now with new facilities being built, a lot of teams are maybe settling in. But for the Blue Jays to be committed to that area for that long is pretty neat. And with this um, renovation coming, it seems like they're going to be committed for a, for a long, long time. Yeah, it, it does, and, and I think that's a good move. I, I mean, the fact that they've been able to stay in one place for so long is, is as you touched on, kind of unique for the situation. And uh, you know, Dunedin is is a really kind of cool town. Uh, you know, it really is. It's it's, it's certainly removed from uh, you know the bigger areas in that region, in Tampa or even Clearwater. It, it's that little tiny small town feel, and you have the ballpark right off Main Street. Uh, and, and so there's a small community of houses in that area who have really kind of embraced the team. And, you know, whether it's the restaurants and diners across the street or, or people parking in other people's driveways, uh, you know, for the game, uh, you know, the whole town really has, has kind of adopted that. And it's nice to see because, you know, Blue Jays fans, you know, there's, there's some Blue Jays fans in the Dunedin area now because of long ties, but then there's the other part where Blue Jays fans have just been going down there as, a, as families for, 
uh, the last few decades, and they're also familiar with that area as well. It's nice to see them stay there as opposed to having uproot and, and go somewhere like Arizona. If you haven't been to Dunedin, one thing you do need to know is that the ballpark, the stadium where the games are played, is separate from the practice fields where you would see the, the minor league complex and all of that going on. And I think it's it's about a 10-minute drive. Uh, how does that work out for you when you're covering things uh, between the stadium and the main complex with all the other fields? Yeah, that's one of the, the drawbacks from the media standpoint and from the player standpoint, too, and the team, to be honest, is, is that you know it does create a little bit of a shuttle back and forth. I mean, the Blue Jays typically use the stadium as their home base. Uh, that's where their main locker is in, in the first uh, week and a half of spring training. They, they get dressed at the stadium, and then they bus over to the minor league complex. And, uh, you know, that's going to change, I think, in, with the renovations. I think they're going to set up a little bit more of a permanent home for the Blue Jays for the early part of the spring training on that minor league side uh, and then do the opposite. They'd actually bus over to the stadium for the games, and they really want to make that minor league facility the home. But, uh, you know, the minor league facility it, it is pretty cool as well. I mean, you've got seven or eight diamonds over there. Uh, and from fans, it really provides a unique opportunity for them because there's a section in the middle of that practice facility that's open to the public during spring training, during the big league camp early on, uh, and then also for the minor league side when it gets underway in March. And that provides uh, you know, fans with a really up-close look. From there, you can get a look at four different diamonds and see all the inter-squad games and drills going on there. And you also get uh, a really nice view of, of the bullpen. They've got about seven or eight mounds on there, and that's where a lot of the pitchers will come through. And so, uh, you know, you kind of get the best of both worlds. You can go over to the minor league stadium, see some of the prospects, and then you can head over to uh, the big league side for, for some of the spring training games and, and watch some of the uh, 2018 roster get ready for the upcoming season. All right, do you have a hidden gem for us as far as food goes in Dunedin? I don't want to hear, you know, a big chain or anything, but but a smaller place that, that maybe people that are heading down should try to check out if they can. Uh, you know what, there's a, this place called Home Plate Diner that's right across the street uh, from where the Dunedin ballpark is. It's a very popular breakfast spot, lunch spot for before games. Uh, and then really I think people... Uh, you know, if you're in that area, they should they should really take the time to, to have a night out in Dunedin as well and go out in the, that downtown area and grab a nice dinner because there's a really nice stretch of 10 to 12 restaurants right on that main strip, and there's a really nice Mexican place, there's a really nice Italian place. Um, that's one of the nice, you know, underrated things about Dunedin is the variety that they have in there, and you don't need to go to the, the you know, the big city in Tampa. You don't need to commute over there uh, to get some of the, the finer things. You can get them in Dunedin as well, and it's also a really short drive uh, to the Clearwater Beach area, which is really popular with families as well. Yeah, really a good spot because it's not too far removed from the other stuff so that you can get there if you need to, but it's got its own yeah. atmosphere, I think. Dunedin, definitely one of the, the neater spots down in the Grapefruit League for sure. This has been MLB.com Extras, our Blue Jays edition. For Gregor Chisholm, I'm Tim McMaster. Tune in again next time.